This is um, Famous Last Words. I'm just here to help, uh, where me and my wife are going to give some perspectives, helps, principles, and some other things uh, for the bivocational uh, couple in ministry. Um, whether you are um, bivocational, as in you get some salary from the church and you earn some salary outside of the church, or your spouse does. Um, sometimes bivocational means um, I get a stipend and I do ministry and I also work outside of the church. Um, so just to kind of get a feel for the room, how many in here are credential holders? Okay. Um, and how many are spouses of credential holders? Okay. And um, so, <laughs> so, okay. Um, and then everyone else, either you or your significant other, are in ministry, engaged in ministry? Okay. Okay. Awesome. Um, so just a little bit about us. Um, who was here for my session last year? Okay. Um, good news is there's not going to be a lot of layover in that because we're heading a totally different direction this year. Slight layover, but, but, but not a ton. Um, so I'm Bill. This is my wife, Amy, um, who... If you can't tell, was thrilled to be here, um, and this is one thing that we are going to talk about in this whole trying to protect your pastor uh, type thing. So come on in. No, you're fine. You're fine. So yes, more keep coming. Woo-hoo. So maybe that's because the other one was filled that you wanted to go to. So ah, just go here. So. So. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. No, thank you so much. So um, we pastor in Mansfield. Uh, which is about 45 minutes to an hour north of uh, the Network Resource Center, just north of Polaris. Uh, We have been there seven years. Um, We have three kids. Uh, Our oldest is a boy. He's 14. And then we have a 12-year-old daughter and a 10-year-old daughter. Um, So so for them and most of their life, they have experienced dad um, working two jobs. Um, I am the lead pastor at Velocity Church, uh, and when I got there, um, they hired me in full time. Okay, um, and after about fourteen months, I'm like, you can't really afford full time. So we were looking at two options. Basically, one was to keep doing what we were doing in 2011 and 2012. Um, total, our church had ended up uh, $50,000 in the hole in those two years. Um, It was a huge transition moment for the church. Thankfully for them, uh, they had sold some property before we got there, so they had some money in the bank. um, But it was my call to say, hey, church, you can't afford to have me full-time. So here's our options. Let's keep spending money um, and going in the hole and see the doors close. Um, or, uh, hey, my home church uh, has an opening that maybe I could go back to my home church. Um, or, I believe God called me here. And that I told you in an interview that I would do whatever it took to see Velocity Church become the church that God intended it to be. And so how about I get a job outside of the church? Well, Pastor, we've never had a pastor that does that. And I said, um, well, there's nothing wrong with change. And matter of fact, change is the only constant in life. Um, so I started down that path of trying to, um, find a way to supplement some income. And before I got into ministry, I worked for Culligan Water Conditioning of Lancaster, which is just south of about an hour south of Columbus. So I've been north and south of Columbus. That's about it. And I've been east, not been west. Um, and, um, so then, so then I had five years experience there working for Culligan Water. Um, and there happened to be one in Mansfield and so, um, went in and, so I've been doing that um, since uh, 2012. So I've been five years, so five of my seven years, actually more than five of my seven years here, I've been a bivocational pastor. Four years prior to that, I was a full-time staff pastor in Tiffin. Um, and then prior to that, in my home church in Lancaster, um, I was a free pastor. We're getting free pastors here. Like, you know, like you're on staff and you're serving and you're free, right? So I've, so, oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so basically, I share that with you to say, I know what you're going through. My wife knows what you're going through. For those of you that your spouses and you're like, I just, 
I just need more of you, or how are these things going to work? Amy notes, um, we, we've been there, and we live that. And my wife is also so kind to me to allow me um, in the fall to coach sixth grade football, which is three more nights during the week plus games on Sunday because that's fun. So um, my sermons get real short come football season. So like, or they okay. incorporate football. So yeah, yeah. So um, so look, we we have uh, been in ministry. Um, I was credentialed with the Assemblies of God in 2007, but served as um, youth pastor there in my home church um, right around uh, 2005 as the youth pastor. Prior to that, served in leadership with them. So we've been married, um, April's going to be 16 years, and of those 16 years, um, almost half of them have been bivocational or free ministry from us. Um, so it, it, it is hard. Um, but yeah, as I mentioned last year, uh, and this is just one of the things you know uh, that, that I want to touch on, is that it doesn't make us second-class pastors. For those of us that we work outside the church to supplement income, or your spouse that does that, it doesn't make us second-class pastors. Um, it just makes us pastors that are um, willing to do some tough things uh, to, to do the ministry that God has called us to do. Like I said, I had an option to either leave the church that God called me to because you can't pay me what you said, or to make it work because we felt that that's what it was. Um, Statistics out there will tell you that in 2010, about 71% of churches, not just the examples of God, but 71% of churches um, had full-time pastors. In five years, that, that went from 71 down to 62. Um, many of you have heard about the survey that they've asked everybody who attends today to go and do. So if you haven't done that survey yet, go and do that. Just go back to the Synergy um, website whenever you get home. Click on the link. That is telling us a story within the Assemblies of God. I heard yesterday at, at a meeting that um, within the Assemblies of God of Ohio, credential holder or not, one out of every two ministers. So you're serving in ministry in your church. You're a minister of the gospel of Christ. That one out of two of us are uh, not getting paid to do what we do. Um, so, I don't want you to think that this is bivocational pastors. I don't want you to think that this is bivocational staff people. This is for for people that you are you are the ministry leader, or your spouse is the ministry leader, and sometimes you feel like you're just what am I doing here? Um, here is what Amy and I have always kind of walked this line with our church and. Um, and we have the luxury of being in a church that, with the exception of three families, everybody else that is there has come after we have arrived. Um, some people in a very established church may not be able to get by with some of the things that we have been able to get by. We have created a culture within our church of a few things that your pastor and your pastor's wife aren't required to do, that we're not expected to do. Again, we are able to do that because most of the people, and then of course those three families, they've been through it all. I mean, one of them, um, Dale and Judy, uh, the building was dedicated on Judy's 30th birthday 31 years ago. Um, And they are some of our biggest fans. Um, so, you know, I mean, we've got the long timers in our church that some people and some pastors feel like that they're always butting heads with. Um, I'm not saying that those things don't happen, but that we have been, you know, very gifted in that. We, we let our church know, and you need to know, is that the health of your marriage will greatly impact the health of your ministry or your church. The health of your marriage will greatly impact the health of the ministry or the church that you serve in. You can be the rock star at church all you want, but if there is strife in your marriage or with your children, if you have children, you are falling short of your first calling 
as a man or woman of God. I know in 2018 that there are some people who will not agree with me, and that's just fine. They have the right to do that. But listen to me. Jesus already died for the church. He doesn't need me and my wife to do the same. I'm not saying that we're not going to sacrifice. I'm not saying that we're not going to put in the hard work. But we, Bill and Amy, are not going to die so that Velocity Church can be thriving and successful, whatever that means, at the cost of our marriage or our kids someday walking away from faith. We are thankful that all three of our kids have found God on their own. Um, I know that our youngest and our oldest have been baptized in the Holy Spirit already. Not because of mom and dad. It happened at camp. I love camp. If you don't have your kids at camp, if you don't have your kids at PK retreat, and if those are options for you, get them there. Great things happen, especially PK retreat. I believe that for those of us that we do serve in churches and we have kids, it would be a very hard decision for our kids if we said, kids, do you want to do PK retreat or do you want to do Myrtle Beach? They would struggle in that because they love connecting with other PKs at uh, ministers retreat and such. But my church knows that there is no way that anything is going to get broken here on their behalf. Because here's the deal. Here's the flat out reality. Listen, the church existed before you got there and the church will exist after you leave. It'll be fine. Don't worry about them. Okay? So that we don't love and have some compassion, but not at the cost of you and your spouse. Um, I found some Lifeway research amongst Protestant pastor spouses. So this is talking to the spouse um, and their feelings. Okay, so they did a poll uh, that congregational demands interfere with our family's free time together during the week. 59% said yes. The demands of the church interfere with my family plans. Our family's financial situation requires more than the salary received from the church. Six out of ten spouses. Six out of ten spouses said that what the church is covering for us is not quite enough. And in some of those, the church won't allow that pastor to work outside of the church. I've, I've met those pastors. Um, I shared last year... Um, I'm not going to live on peanuts. If, if some pastors are righteous to do that, that's fine. That is their own business. But I enjoy vacations. I enjoy my motorcycle. I enjoy some of these things that if I still tried to live on the salary that they had, I couldn't do. Um, so we have said, hey, listen, church, we don't want you to be a thorn in our side. So can I make some money outside of the church? <coughs> So like both of my jobs are super faith-based. Obviously, one is a pastor, and with Culligan, I do sales. It is straight commission. So yesterday and today, I had to block myself out. That meant no paycheck for yesterday and today. Straight faith. No floating, no balance, no... It, it is straight commission. But God has been so good to us because we don't want to look at the church and say, because of you, my family can't do X, Y, and Z. Uh, my spouse has experienced resistance to his or her leadership. 72%. 72% of spouses said that when I walk into that church, I know there are people there that are resistant to the leadership of my husband or my wife. 72% of spouses. <clears throat> now, this one I found... Kind of odd because the church we serve takes good care of us. 85% agreed, but yet what we just say, 72% or that uh, 60% said there's financial struggle, but yet 85% say they take good care of us. Um, I'm sure that one of those is probably, well, we know that they love us and they try to meet our needs and things. Um, 
I mean, it's great whenever churches take care of us emotionally, whenever they take care of us to help us in the support of, uh, you know, ministry things that, you know, really need to happen. Um, but also, you know, financially, you know, because if they're not willing to allow pastors or ministers in the church to work outside the church, then they don't really have your best interest in mind. And I'll tell you, board that. Is that if they will not allow you to work outside the church to supplement income, they do not have the interest of the pastor in mind at all. They're simply concerned about themselves because we've been here before you got here. Right? I mean, we know that that mentality exists within churches. Hey, listen here, young pup. Right? I mean, I came in the church at 29 years old. I was the youngest pastor in the history of the church. Thankfully, I didn't have that mentality from Dale and Judy. I don't have that mentality from Doug and Kathy. It was, they loved us and they supported us. And our congregation feels our marriage should be a role model for them to look to in shaping their own marital relationships. 86% of pastor spouses agreed with that, but yet they will still allow the ministry to come between their marriage, therefore not making it a very good example for them. Uh, 2015, Tom Rayner, 11 things pastors need to know their spouses are thinking. Who are our spouses in here? Like, you're not the leader, but you're a spouse of a leader. Okay. Um, I'm lonely. Was number one. Spouses of leaders are saying, I'm lonely. I'm lonely. Two, your critics hurt me too. Pastors are criticized regularly, right? Even frequently. Um, because, because we deal with people. And we can't please everyone. Right? They're saying that if you want to please people, go sell ice cream. Don't, don't go to ministry. But then you better have a whole lot of flavors. And gluten-free, apparently. Um, and dairy free. Yeah, and dairy, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but the spouses would say that, hey, whenever they hurt you, they hurt me. Um, I wish you would give me more time. Let me say that that she has said that to me through the years. I wish you'd give me more time. And it's one of those things that I always have to remember that this is my first ministry. This is my life. This is who at the end of the day, I can lead all the people I want to Jesus, see people get filled with the Holy Spirit, but at the end of the day, if my wife is consistently saying, I need more time, I'm not doing a very good job. And this is also, I know one of the things that we've talked about is you know, it used to be the, the model of, <clears throat> what was it, um, God family ministry. Don't and that was the order you were supposed to do things in. And then <clears throat> a, maybe a better model would be a teeter-totter with God in the center. Where sometimes the church is going to require more of the pastor's time or of your time. And so that little God in the center kind of has to move over a little bit. And sometimes the family is lacking at that point. And as spouses, we have to kind of understand that. But at the same time, we can't let it get too far over there. Because the farther it gets, the harder it is to pull it back. Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure that we, as their spouse, support them when necessary, but yet bring them back in and say, hey, okay, enough is enough. It's time to come back. Your family needs you too. And at that point, chances are, you know, because we say to just keep your eye on God as that pendulum, chances are God has already begun to move it back that way, but you didn't Mm -hmm. see it. So you need your spouse to say, hey, uh, listen, it's weighing down over here now, but chances are you didn't see it because you became so focused over here. And probably while you were focused over here, man, things are going good. The church is good. I got to keep this up. I got to keep going. And so your spouse says, uh, time out. Well, what happens with that teeter-totter? 
when it gets all over on one side and it's really high over here, what's happening to the, to the other side? You can't let that other side touch the ground. Mm-hmm. So you've got to start moving back. Um, spouses would say, please don't use me as a negative sermon illustration, even if it's humorous. Even if it's to, um, to, to get a point. Okay. Um, now, the key word being there, negative sermon illustrations. Um, here's the deal. Uh, to, to the spouses, I would just tell you is that if, if your husband or wife is doing that, um, they're not getting paid $3.95 a minute. Okay? Speak up when that happens. Let them know so that they know where the lines need to be drawn. Okay? For us, it is um, a little bit awkward for my wife at times because her father attends our church. And um, I'm just very open guy about stuff that happens in marriages. Me, not so much. Um, and so I have to remind myself that my wife's father is in the room, and I have to be careful. Sitting right there in the front row. Yeah. Right yeah. next to me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, so I have to keep that in mind so that it doesn't, you know, maybe it's not going to cause her pain, but discomfort, anxiety, embarrassment. Like, oh, where's he going? Uh, judgment of her. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, maybe opening some things up to some things within my wife that maybe she doesn't want people to know. Me, I'm an open book when I preach. Um, probably if you want to see how not to preach, go to our church website, check out our videos. Um, I mean, I am an open book. Um, I say things to the congregation. Um, I use phrases like, you're a bumbling idiot, and what kind of a moron does that, and all of these other things, um, but that's just me. Um, so, you know, but, but I have to be careful on those illustrations. And he really likes to throat chop people. Yeah, I, you know, I just let I, our church know that whenever they say some dumb stuff, it makes me want to throat chop them, and so here, read messaging, it's, it's a good book, so I got that plug recorded for Pastor Wooten, so go. good, I just plugged his book, so... Um, let me be me. This is huge. This is huge. To you spouses, that is so huge. Many spouses in churches feel that they can't be who they are because there's an expectation of their, sp- of their pastor spouse for them to be something or there's an expectation of the church for him or her to be something. In this case, she does not sing. She does not play keyboard. She is not likely to get up on stage to say something. Um, She's here today because John Musgrave said, well, how could we mix it up? And I thought it would be a great idea that we could mix it up from last year to this year if Amy and I shared some practical steps amongst ourselves. I thought that was a great idea. Pastor John Musgrave loved the idea. Amy, on the other hand, is like, what? I've been stressing out about it for the past year. So, so she can't wait for two o'clock, okay? Um, but yet within the context of our church, there's some things that Amy's just not expected to do. Um, she is not expected to get up on Mother's Day and preach a sermon. That's not her gifting. For the women that do, that is great. And, and I celebrate you in that. Okay? But if they don't know your heart as the spouse... Um, of the pastor or your heart as the pastor, if you haven't communicated it to your board and the leadership, you need to do so because all you're doing is driving that wedge in your marriage further and further. Our church knows that, um, you know, for instance, because I am bivocational, mostly, there is not an expectation of me to be at the church for everything. There's not an expectation of my wife to be at the church for everything. There's not an expectation of my kids to be there. There's not an expectation of my kids to be. Um, it is well known within our church that um, they had better never hope that I never hear the term, well, those are the pastor's kids. I feel sorry for whoever I ever hear that from, okay? Because they're kids, okay? Just because they're my kids, they're kids. Um, so, you know, my, my kids get Thursday schools, <laughs> You know, I mean, my kids get suspended from games because they, they lose their attitude. Get bad grades. Um, my kids get bad grades. Um, you know, my kids do stupid stuff in youth group and stuff. And um, but but our church lets Amy be Amy. On the flip side, 
when she does get up to speak, you can hear a pin drop in that church because they're like, ooh, this is Amy. It's about to be good. And that is literally how the church reacts because, it's, because it is not something that she always does. Um, I love it when you spend time with our children. Spouses say, look, nothing makes me happier than when you spend time with our children. Um, and this, this is something that for me has kind of gotten easier as they've gotten older. Um, not to say that I was an absent dad whenever they're younger, but I will admit that this has gotten easier for me as they've gotten older. Um, you know, just because we can do some things that, uh, you know, we kind of have the same interest and such in. Like, there was no interest for me in going to sit at Playland all day when they were three. There was no interest in that whatsoever. Okay? Um, you know, but now if we, you know, want to go out after something and, you know, go grab some ice cream or if we got to take our son to a Browns game, not that I'm a Browns fan, but I'm a football fan and he wants to go and that's fine, whatever. Um, you know, or we want to go, you know, I mean, we love our, our daddy daughter dates or our, uh, double daddy daughter date when they both come with me. Um, you know, and then all of those things. So some of these things get, get easier with time, but be vocal about these concerns for, for you spouses of, bivocational pastors be vocal be willing to listen to them i worry about our finances is what a lot of spouses say i worry about our finances um let me just say is that someone needs to be in control of those uh but yet both people need to be in communication about those okay in our household um and we're going to get into some practical steps here in a minute but within our household um i cover all of the finances and um, communicate those to Amy pretty much only when it's like, hey, I haven't sold anything in a long time, so we don't have any money. Um, but I always communicate those things, okay? Um, so, you know, we, we are very fortunate because of being bivocational ministry that, um, you know, we get to do some of the things that we couldn't do that first year and a half. There was things that first year and a half that we would never dream of doing. Um, you know, but, you know, now we can't. Please stand up for me when I'm criticized, is what spouses say. Please stand up for me when I'm criticized. If if you can't honor your spouse, then you are not a person of honor. If you can't honor your spouse, you cannot be considered a person of honor. Um, There is nothing that will ever um, cause me to think that because I don't want to cause someone an offense, because I don't want to hurt something, whatever the case is, that would cause me to not stand up for my wife. Um, It is just not going to happen. I wish you would focus on our family when you're at home. Um, How many of you, uh, whenever you are at the church or your spouse is at the church, um, that they are doing most of their work on a laptop or a MacBook? Anybody have that going on? Okay. For me, um, I'd leave my MacBook at the church office because when I bring it home, I want to work. Uh, I didn't realize that at first until Amy says, hey, you're home. Why are you still working? Mm -hmm. And so I tried a few things, and the only thing that seemed to work was if I left the computer at the church, I didn't work when I was at home because because now I'm home. Now I need to focus. Um, not so much with us, not so much within the assemblies of God because of the way that we're set up within our governments of churches, but many pastors worry about moving a lot. Okay? Thankfully, within the assemblies of God, it's, you know, once, once the pastor's there, they're there unless they feel they want to go or the church tells them it's time to go. There's no set rotation for us, and I'm thankful for that. But for some spouses, you know, for, for, for some ministry families, that's a reality for them. Every three years I'm moving. Every three years I'm moving. Um, And um, 11, it's hard to make real friends in the church. Spouses would say it's hard to make real friends in the church. Here is, well, how do I know if I have a real friend in the church? And this is going to sound so counter-spiritual, authoritative to some of you that you're going to call it heresy, and that's fine. You can do that. Um, But... If, as a pastor, 
you don't have someone within your church have the ability to call you by your first name outside of church, then they're not really friends. Pastor is not who I am. It's what I do. I'm Bill. So there are some people in my church that when we're at church, it's Pastor Bill. Like tonight, we're going out bowling with some of them. It's going to be Bill tonight while we're at the bowling alley. It is not going to be Pastor Bill. Okay? First off, it's just weird outside the church to me. I don't know about other people, but it's just weird to me. Okay? Um, but it feels more friendly when it's not always that title. I'm not sure. I'm sure that if I went out to play golf with my kid's pediatrician, I wouldn't have to call him Dr. Freeze, and I could probably call him Steven. I don't know yet. He hasn't invited me to play golf. But, but I'm sure that I could probably call him Steven there, that I don't need to call him doctor. Okay? Um, so it's hard to make real friends in church. And that's usually going to be a, a um, spouse's complaint and not the pastor's. I will say that. It's probably going to be a complaint of, of the spouse. Okay? Um, so... How, how do we protect ourselves? How do we protect our family? Um, how do we protect our kids? Um, I touched on this a little bit, um, and then, you know, Amy did too, of the fact that um, she, she will pull the reins. I mean, the, there are times that, that, that she will pull the reins and say, enough is enough, we need some time home. Um, and sometimes that's difficult when you are, say, a staff pastor. I know when we were at Tiffin, we were under another pastor that has their expectations of what they wanted him to do. So sometimes that gets difficult. But just know that you still have the right to say something to your spouse and say, hey, you know, I know that they expect you to, to do this, but you need to talk to them and just say, hey, you know, I, I need some time with my family too. Um, like I said earlier we don't have a church that expects us to be there every time Um, but we've had an opportunity to set that culture if you don't try to set that culture then you can't blame them when they do expect you to be there Um, it's 2018 and I know that we don't want to offend people Um, but if kind of like how many of us have kids in here how many times have you said use your words? Okay. All right. Even when they're teenagers. Yes. So I would tell you, to your church board, to your leadership, use your words. Let them know. Communicate those things to them. Hey, um, I've got to be here for the youth stuff. I've got to be here for the young adult stuff. I've got kids, so I've got to be here for the kids stuff. And I've got to be here for the church stuff. Pastor, you're here for the church stuff. Does that sound fair? And you would say, I don't know if I can talk to my pastor like that. Then you're probably in the wrong place. Mm-hmm. Scripture says that um, leaders are to be held accountable. Um, phenomenal text in the book of Acts where you have some of, some of the people here who are just having an incredible experience with God. And you got... This, this, this one part of uh, Gentiles and you've got this other part of Gentiles. And one of them goes to the leaders and says, hey, uh, what about us? You're neglecting us. So, oh, you're right, I am. There was spiritual authority, spiritual accountability for, for them to go to their leader to say, hey, some things are out of balance. You should be able to do that. If not, you're probably in the wrong place. Okay? Now, I know for some of you as staff, that might be a little bit harder to navigate. But again, you at least have to attempt to communicate those things. And then if you feel that things aren't working out there, then what you do is whenever God prepares to move you somewhere else, you start the conversation there. Hey, church, what's going to be my expectations? Well, when the doors are open, you've got to be here and you can be like, Yeah, well, you're going to see me walk out these doors, okay? Um, So just find out what those are. We aren't painted in a box. Um, You know, we don't have, I have to do this, this, and this. Um, I've got people that share hospital hospital visitation with me. 
Um, it's not, oh, the pastor's not here. Why couldn't the pastor come? No, that's, that's not the culture of our church. The culture of our church is someone's going to come, and, but the pastor works. And, um, so many times, hey, pastor, I would love to meet with you. All right, I'll tell you what, let's do this. Let's go ahead and set this time. Now, if Culligan schedules me a sales call, brother's got to get paid. So we will reschedule, but for that second time, I will block you out then. For this first time, we're going to set this tentatively. And if, you know, if we need to move it, then we will move it. Um, you know, because again, I, I made the sacrifice to move into bivocational ministry. Um, so I would tell you this is that I don't think that I have as pastor any, any, any unclear roles at Velocity Church, that my roles are pretty, pretty clear. Um, Amy's roles are pretty clear. Um, now there were a couple things. Uh, that when we came to Velocity Church, you said you weren't going to do. <laughs> <laughs> I was not going to be in the leader of women's ministry, and I wasn't going to start another preschool. Start another preschool. Yeah. Whenever we were in Tiffin, she started a preschool from the ground up. It's still going. Okay. Which was great and all, but it was a lot of hard work. So, who wants to guess the two things I haven't tried to get my wife to do? <laughs> Those two things. I mean, we went almost a year and a half without a women's ministry leader. Did some people say, well, hey, what about your wife? Sure they did. Uh, hey, no, I like being married. <laughs> Look, my wife has asked that she not be women's ministry leader. It's not her passion. It's not her gifting. Matter of fact, uh, my wife would rather come to game day. No, she, <laughs> it's true. She, <laughs> it's true. So, you know, she just enjoy some of the different things that some women don't. She was a Marine, okay? Um, so she's wired a little bit differently. Uh, but I knew that, okay, I'm not going to ask her to do that, church board. We're not going to ask her to do that. We're not going to ask her to do anything else outside of these things. She does a lot for our church, okay? Um, she... She is probably the only person exempt from uh, helping with a definitive time frame. Most of us know that if we want to recruit volunteers, let them know it's going to be for six months, and then we'll reevaluate. That didn't work for her. And some of you, you were in that position where you're like, yeah, I'm doing this, I'm still doing this. And I'm probably going to do this until Jesus comes back. Lord, come on, right? Um, so, but yet, there are some roles that she doesn't enter into. Because um, she doesn't want to, and I won't let her because she doesn't want to. And you better believe that at the point that someone feels that they want her to do something that she doesn't want to do, uh, someone's going to have to go. And it's probably not going to be me. <laughs> um, you know, everybody has the right to come into our church, and not everybody has the right to stay. How many of you feel me? <laughs> okay. Um, because there, there are some people that just uh, want to cause pastors and their families to do some things and to exert themselves in ways that just aren't healthy in today's culture. Like I said, we have three kids. They're involved in sports. They're involved in gymnastics. They're involved in extra clubs and things at church. So we're coming and going and all and of I these things. And I also work outside of the home. Mm -hmm. For those of you that don't know, I work at Heartland and... That also requires a lot of my time. Yeah, because there will be some weeks that she is overnight. So she leaves on Tuesday and doesn't come home until uh, Wednesday afternoon uh, because of schools that are there. So that's real fun during football season. Oh. Okay, whenever I've got to be at football practice, she's gone overnight. <laughs> So I get to go there and yell at about 30-some sixth-grade boys for an hour and a half and then come home and cook dinner. That's fun, okay? Um, and yet, at the time, I love it because, because in our church, there's no... Because, because we typically do our uh, membership classes on Sunday afternoons. Our church is fine that there's not going to be membership classes uh, during the months of September, October, November because pastor's not around fine with that. I've created that culture. This is, hey, listen, let me go and pastor 30 other families for three months. Could you do that for me? Let me pastor. See, 
You just, you know, you just, you, listen, we have got to know how to work church boards and church leadership. That sounds like another session, okay? There is a way to work. There is a way to present some things. Like, anybody in here, your church use planning center for anything? Kids check in or anything? Okay, great. So, here was my approach to that was um, church board. I forget what the cost was. Now we're up to $77 a month because we use them for check-in and giving and music stand and all kinds of other things. But, you know, where we started, I was like, hey, um, is the protection of our kids worth $21 a month? Well, yeah, Pastor, why wouldn't it be? Great, check out Planning Center. This is going to be awesome. you got to know how to work. Okay, so whenever I said, hey, anybody here object to me getting involved in my community, getting engaged with parents and school administrators, and ministering to 30 other families during the fall. Anybody got a problem with that? No, Pastor, that sounds great. We talk about I want to coach football. Okay, yeah, sure. Okay. So, you know, you just got to know how to work it. Um, listen, for those of you that you are the spouse or know that, that you are the bivocational minister. Your spouse is not your lightning rod. You better find somebody else to blow up on. You better find somebody else to call on your way home. Okay? You better find some way to get rid of whatever's bothering you because they are not your lightning rod. They are not the person that you get to blow up on. First, they don't need to hear about that junk. Um, just, just secondly, because they see how you're affected. And secondly, it's going to affect them when they see that person or those individuals. Okay? Because you know, you don't mess with my man, you don't mess with my girl. You know that, right? Like, you know, like, look, like, you know, you can mess with me all you want. I'm fair game. They're not. Now, the spouse says, so Amy would much rather not know. And it's pretty simple. What's bothering you? Something that I just can't share with you right now. Oh, tell me. No, she doesn't do that. No, tell me. Have to be okay with tell it. me. Come on. I want to know. I promise I won't say anything. Just tell me. She doesn't do that. She doesn't try to pry it out of me. Okay, that's fine. She knows what it is. There's somebody that's being a bonehead, and I can't tell you about it right now because you're going to want to strangle them. Okay, so she's not my lightning rod. Um,. Some very practical things that we do. Um, there's an app for everything, okay? Um, so uh, how many of you, you are the primary um, grocery go-getter, okay? How many of you would love if you could express that to your spouse? Share that list with them, okay? All right, a few of you. have some help to go get Or have some help, okay? Um, we use the app called AnyList. And it shares between our phones. Mm-hmm. Okay? And it's pretty simple. Kids are making cereal in the morning. Hey, Dad, we need milk. I go in the list. I go into home. And I type in milk. It automatically sends it to her. So that the next time somebody's at the store, we open it up. We need milk. We need bread. I got it. I clear it off the list. Boom, it's done. She gets off work thinking she had to go to the grocery store. But I happen to be at Kroger because my schedule was free. And she's like... I don't have to go anymore. I'm like brownie points for me. Okay? So that's what that's all about. (laughs) So that is one way for us to keep the lines of communication open and to help one another is just using that app called any list it is so simple but we got sick of trying to text it to each other you know we got sick of the um the uh dry erase board on the refrigerator right that the kid brushed up against and you're like is that milk or silk i'm not like which which is that so so we did away with all of that okay um because she works at Heartland, and she's got a lot going on because I'm a pastor, because I work outside the church. If you are not sharing your calendar, you're a lunatic. Okay? It's called Gmail. Whatever. Share your calendar. Mine's blue, hers is pink, the church is yellow. Okay? Share your calendar. And our rule basically is, so, so then if Amy's talking to somebody at work, Hey, me and so-and-so is doing this after work. Do you want to come? She pulls out the calendar. She looks. That's open. She schedules it on the calendar. 
And then she comes home and tells me about it. I'm like, oh, but I had something. She's like, it wasn't on the calendar. That's right. I have dibs. It wasn't on the calendar. We're doing this. So I have to do the walk of shame and go tell, hey, look, I didn't put it on the calendar. My wife's making me go to this other thing. Okay. But we share that calendar so that we always know what's going on with each other. Again, church, this, or church, people, this is, I'm so used to it. <laughs> yep. This, this is 2018. Let's use the stuff that's available for us. Well, and it also helps with planning your kids' events because we all know that kids are busy these days. So we, we use that for kids' sporting events, and, and my dad lives with us and can't drive, so it helps us to get him to different appointments. And Oh, yeah, we're also a caretaker for her father. Yeah. So yeah. there you go. Uh, um, so, but, you know, all of these things to just help us do better with bivocational ministry because we've got so much going, you know, because for me it's not go to the church from 8 to 5 and come home. Um, Thursday night I got home after 10 o'clock because I ran three sales appointments after working at the church in the afternoon. I went and ran three sales appointments. <laughs> Closed all three of them. What can I say? <laughs> so um, we do a checkbook app. Um, we haven't found one that's decent enough that's shareable, but we found that putting receipts on the microwave for me to put in the checkbook just didn't quite work. Okay? Um, but when Amy's at checkout, Whoops. she can text me uh, 3673 Walmart. Okay? So then I can go in the app, because again, I keep the finances, and I can put it in there. And now I can't say, or I can, or I can't, it just depends. Because there was, because you know what happened when I'm reconciling, and whenever the receipts run in the microwave and it's not in the checkbook, you know what happened. I'll tell you what happened. You know what happened. She didn't put the receipt in the microwave. Like you know that happened. Okay. It's not that somebody walked by and blew it off into the trash or anything. You know, <laughs> like like I'm telling you, that is what happened every time. Okay, but now she can say, "Oh no, actually, I've stopped asking her. I've just start going back to my text." <laughs> Shoot, she did text me that. <laughs> So then I start going back in my text. She didn't. Hey, you didn't text me that $1.27 receipt from the dollar store. So, so, so then there's some accountability that takes, 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 takes place as well. Okay. Again, guys, listen. If you were expecting rocket science in this session, you came to the wrong one. Okay. Very practical, down-to-earth stuff. Um, so uh, we have some rules of date night for us. Um, first off, I would tell you what I tell our church is that if in, in three seconds, as soon as I finish this statement, if you can't answer it, then, um, you need to have a conversation with your uh, spouse or significant other. Um, and I say that because I know that there could be some engaged couples in here. Um, if, if you cannot tell me the last time you went on a date or where you went within three seconds, it's been too long. One, two, three. How many of you could not answer that question fully as to when you went or where you went? Okay, there you go. That is a rule for us, is that if we can't say what we did or when we did it, it's been too long. Now, that may be we go out and we go to... uh, Jump on a motorcycle, ride somewhere, grab some ice cream, head back home. Okay, something that is intentional us time, not running errands, grabbing some dinner in the afternoon. That's you, isn't it? Okay, that is not a date. That is simply uh, trying to have a Walmart relationship. <laughs> Where I can go one place and get it all done. So while we're running errands, honey, we are going to go on a date. No, you're not. You're just grabbing lunch because you're hungry. <laughs> Michaela? I was just going to say that for us, it's changed with time. Uh-huh. Now that the girls are in school. And if he has, if we both, because I work two jobs. I'm receptionist in the morning, which is study hours. And then I work at Kohl's, which is Brad. And then his hours are kind of consistent. So if we're off for lunch, anyone can go get lunch. And that's our lunch date. But it's very intentional. It it's is. not, yes. here's all this other stuff, let's squeeze this sometimes, in. Sometimes we squeeze things in, but sometimes it's, it's lunch first. There. And then, you know, and that, that's been a really good blessing. Yeah. You know, and people ask, so are you done having kids? Well, I don't know, but right now I'm really enjoying the fact that my kids are in school. 
Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and the fact that we can do that. Right. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, listen, going back to how I open this up, if your marriage is not healthy, neither will your ministry be. Something like that. I'm sure it was a lot better earlier. Um, okay. You've got to stay connected together. I, Amy and I, we have had the privilege of um, helping some incredible couples reconcile some troubles in their marriages. Uh, one of them, um, they had been married for 26 years, and they were ready to call it quits. And um, God did some incredible things, but one of the things that they now practice is this date night thing that, that we say. Also, for me, my phone stays in the car. When it's date night, my phone stays in the car. First off, we're not that couple sitting there at the booth. Okay, there's that first off. Secondly, if there's an emergency, then call her. Okay, because whatever my board member has to tell me is unimportant at that moment. You know, and, and you know, somebody like, man, that's cold. What if somebody died? <laughs> Unless the Holy Spirit calls me to raise them from the dead, nothing I can do. Besides, if I look at Scripture, I have three days. I'm just, just kidding, just kidding. So, um, but, but, but again, but, but, but again, um, just us making these priorities, these simple practices in our marriage to stay strong and to stay connected. Um, so, um, for our kids, again, because we are not going to sacrifice our kids for the sake of the ministry, okay? Mom or dad, at least one of us, is at every single event. We did have to make a slight detour because our son decided he wanted to do AAU basketball. I could have used that $385 for some motorcycle parts. But... <laughs> Amen, brother. <laughs> yeah, but preach it. But with the exception of this, because we may not make all those tournaments that are here, there, and everywhere. And we talked to our son. Hey, listen, Will. You know that mom and dad have all, that at least one of us have have always been there. We can't hear, but we do that because we got to make sure that our kids understand they're important too. Because it, it doesn't send a very good message to my son if I can't go to his basketball. Miss every single basketball game because I was at every single church function. It doesn't, it doesn't translate well for him. Um, we also limit how many sports they can do at a time. Okay, uh, Chances are they're not going to pro, and neither are your kids. Okay, Chances are. Um, neither are the kids in your you know, church either. Um, so we try and limit those sports. Um, we are a family that we do not eat dinner at the table every single night. But we do it as often as we can. And the biggest indication for us is usually whenever Amy cooks, we sit down at the table to eat. Okay. Um, some of you are more spiritual than us. And so, you know, you're going to still sit around the table with KFC and Taco Bell. That's your own business, whatever. Um, but, you know, KFC, you know, carry out, you know, pizza, whatever it is. Like, listen, we are going to be like the other people. Listen, I like to know how it feels for some people in my church. So we do uh, TV uh, living room dinner experiments. How do the other people, man, this is nice, right? So... But we stay connected that whenever Amy cooks, which also, she does not cook on Sunday. Okay? Okay? She, again, that is not an unrealistic expectation that I am putting on her because we're running here, there, and everywhere. Sunday morning church, and then our kids have youth group on Sunday nights, and da-da-da-da, and everything else. And so so she doesn't if, cook on Sunday. That's even if I haven't cooked at all the rest of the week. I still don't cook on Sundays. Period. Um... We have, <laughs> so, well, it looks like some of the men are going to start losing some weight. Um, uh, we, now, it doesn't mean that we go out every Sunday, but. Leftovers, right? Like, our you know, they got to, so. We have reached that age where our kids are old enough to warm something up in the microwave or make some soup on the stove or whatever, but. Last Sunday, I had cinnamon toast crunch for dinner. Don't oh, judge me. Yeah. Don't judge me. Okay. Um. Our church knows that for every single 
football Friday night home game, the Savages are unavailable. For every single Lexington football Friday night home game, the Savage family is not available. Uh, because A, I coach football, my son plays football, we love football, it's in our DNA. Um, secondly, um, people in the community love seeing people in ministry actually get in their community. Uh, matter of fact, um, everybody knows where to find us. We are in between the 40s, right behind this fence right here that nobody sits in front of us because you can't see the field from there. We're like, this is our spot because nobody's sitting down there. So we can see. People come up all the time. You know, sometimes it's, hey, coach, hey, pastor, you know, whatever the case is. Uh, but our church knows, do not bother me if it's a home game to where they will even, uh, I know some of our board members um, will put the Lexington home games in their phones. So that they know, not, not, not that a lot of things happen on Friday night, but they know. Why? Because we have set that expectation. Because this is more important than the church. Okay. Um, any questions? Thoughts? How-tos? Um, just getting back into that bivocational ministry after 10 years. She's a stay-at-home mom, so we have a little bit more flexibility. But she's also working three jobs as she stays at home. So, in a way, it's pretty similar to what you guys are going through. Um, everything you've said today, I'm going backwards through time. And everything that I messed up the first time, I'm not kidding. Dead on. When my wife looked at me, and I knew things were off the rail already, but when she looked at me and she said, if you don't step down, I am leaving. Yeah. That's where it got me to. I'm pleading to anybody who hears this, to anybody who's here, take all this seriously. Absolutely. Um, can't go back and change the decisions that were made in the past, but starting today. Uh-huh. Um, that relationship, your family has to be first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has to be first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think you're, <clears throat> you're dead on. And I wanted to tell you that it means a lot to hear it. Yeah. And um, it's right on. Yeah. Well, thanks, brother. Yeah. I mean, we certainly appreciate it. Um, this this is a passion of ours. Um, there is a Ohio Ministry Network bivocational pastors page on Facebook um, that uh, we just kind of use to just encourage one another. Um, that we'll post some articles. We'll post some videos. Um, it's it's kind of only a year in the making. I'm hoping that we can soon have some regional opportunities for bivocational um, ministers and um, pastors and spouses to get together, um, to hang out, go bowling, have dinner, whatever the case is, um, to stay connected. Um, but uh, just, just know that um, uh, I was approached by... Uh, Pastor John Wooten um, about a year and a half ago about um, kind of leading the way for bivocational pastor. Not that I'm an expert, but I'm experienced. Okay, um, So it is at the heart of the Ohio Ministry Network. Um, the survey that I hope all of you will do, uh, you'll kind of see, oh, they're asking about bivocational stuff here. Michaela, did you do the survey yet? Right, did, did you know, you kind of get a sense there that they're kind of, you know. It was so big. I feel like, originally from Missouri, from where we were and different networks. We've been involved in three different, four different districts since. Like I grew up in northern Missouri, then we got credentials in southern Missouri. And then we were in Iowa for a year and then we came here. Well, back in Missouri, we came here. And Ohio is very connected, it's very family oriented. Not that any of the others weren't, but I feel like they're doing a great job with connecting and resourcing people such as synergy and things like that yeah. mm-hmm. you don't have that in a lot of districts maybe they do now but they didn't when we were there mm-hmm. and it's a blessing yeah. and it's something that 
that we love um, and we're blessed that the church that we're at to have that when you said that communication. We we were at a church in Iowa where at the time we didn't have that. You know, it was he Joey tried to get involved in the church in the school, had an offer to mentor a student at the school as an outside job, outside the home. And he was told, No, I want you to be here. Yeah. He didn't get paid, we got free housing, we lived with the youth mm-hmm. room with our oldest Joel and her pug. <laughs> and which was a blessing at the time that so we I worked a job and we made like three thousand dollars in a year and that was the miracle of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? And looking back, I'm thankful for that time and now that relationship with that pastor is where I can tell we do talk to him. He's not you know, he's in a different place in his life, but at the time he, I think he was ministering with a hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and to so for us when we stepped out of that and then we came to Missouri, I watched my husband who was so hurt by things that were said to him, things that wasted things were done. And he would come home and I didn't know if he was going to be happy or not. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, we got pregnant with our second. And the first reaction was, you're kidding me, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he wasn't saying that yeah. out of hurt. He was just going, and we both went, oh no. But her mm-hmm. name is Chloe and it means the blossom. Mm-hmm. And I still believe there's meanings and names. Mm-hmm. You know? yeah. And because yeah. out of that, he's blossomed. Absolutely. And been through a lot. And God has changed things yeah. so much since then. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we did the Circle Maker. If any of you have not read that book, yeah. read it. And we prayed in a 20 mile radius around Can, between you and to Can. And prayed, and then, you know, ended up where we are. Yeah, yeah it's great. Mm-hmm. Just remember, you or your spouse is not a second class pastor. Yes. Real quick, last one. I was just real curious about do you have other pastors underneath of you? Anybody else on your... No, I we we are a church uh, average about sixty people, so it's just myself. Um, so other pastors, no, uh, but every other minister is bivocational. They do it for free. We get a housing allowance. Um, but uh, look, if any of you need someone to have a talk with your pastor or church board, I'd be more than willing. Um, yeah. Like the person up front, he's also the one who works full time outside of like you know 20 30 hours at church. Mm-hmm. So I stay home with our kid. How do I? And you know, like ministry is inter- interrupting, I guess, interrupting my life, our life, because we. And so we're in the process of trying to do like the do not bother us on this day. Please. So is he the lead pastor? No, he, we're, we're young adult leaders. Okay, okay. So first off, you guys need to have a conversation to line out um, what is non-negotiable for your marriage. Okay. What are some non-negotiable things for your marriage? And then um, I would spend um, a great deal of time, however long that is, praying over that list, asking God's favor and then go to your church leadership. Go to your pastor. Go to your church leadership and say, hey, listen, this is interrupting our lives. And this is a stressor you know, for us. Here are a few things that we want to discuss and talk about. How can we do these things better? And I know that this next part is going to be hard to hear. But if they won't listen and won't help you, you're in the wrong place. And I know that that's hard to hear, but you are in the wrong place um, because, um, to me, they don't value you. It's interesting because, like, we just, our church just hosted, I don't know if the women have heard of this gathering. Um, So our church just hosts that as a central location for, like, the satellite of the Mm -hmm. actual conference. And some of the young adult ladies in in my leadership, in our in our young adult group, they asked me to go every year, and I was like, I already have too yeah. many things on my plate. That is a great thing. And say I, no. Say no. Everybody say no. I have never gone so, mm-hmm. to the If Gathering yeah. conference. Yep. Yeah. And I'm like, I can't. Like, I have to skip things. Yep. Because well, like, just real, real super quickly, <laughs> by missing some of those things, but letting them know why. If you give them the why, that's helping to teach them 
to build better relationships for themselves in the future. Okay. You're a young adult, right? Yeah. So many of them, I'm sure, probably aren't married, and they need to learn that balance as well. So you're teaching them that balance by not being there at every single thing. Let me pray, and then um, if, if, if anybody needs my contact, either hit me up on Facebook or PastorBillSavage at gmail.com. So let me pray. Lord, I thank you so much for those that took time. Uh, God, that they chose to be here and to hear us and to hear our hearts. God, I pray that they walk away with something here. Lord God, give them encouragement, give them boldness to look out for their marriage and their household um, before their ministry, God. And I pray favor in those that need to have a discussion uh, with a person above them, be that lead pastor, be that church board leadership, whatever the case is. God, give them boldness, give them favor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much.